What up, everybody? Welcome to the Bourbon Buzz and Ballin' Podcast. We are your hosts, Colby and Dutt, and we got another good one for you tonight. Looks like college basketball is our theme tonight. Yeah, it looks like that's going to dominate the, the show tonight. So, so yeah, so no, we're going to talk some basketball, sprinkle in a little football, a little NFL action. Um, you know, we do what we do. We just kind of wing it and, and just talk what we want to talk about. That's right. See where the conversation goes. That's the beauty of, of having your own podcast. Thanks for, for joining in, and uh, we appreciate everyone joining in. And, and as always, hit us up on our socials, man. Like, follow, and share everything. We'll be posting that a little bit later in the, in the episode. But sit back, uh, get you a bourbon, and enjoy the show. That's right. Speaking, Bring us in. Speaking of bourbon, let's start off with our opening toast. I'm going to let you lead off because I, I know you got a couple of NFL toast to give out. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and first uh let me let me go ahead and toast Bud Grant, man. The late okay. great Bud Grant, the uh the longtime coach of the Vikings, uh, the purple people leaders coach, the the coach that uh was in, in place when I fell in love with the Vikings. I'll give my dad the credit right for, for falling in love with the Vikings, but of course, you know, every everybody grew up idolizing Bud Grant. Yeah, I mean, to me, you can't think of the Minnesota Vikings without thinking instantly of Bud Grant. Yeah. I mean, he took them to four Super Bowls, unfortunately, and yeah. <laughs> didn't win any of them. Unfortunately, the over. But he was the first coach to take a team to four Super and Bowls. And I believe they were favored in all four. Yeah. So, so underdog uh, or, or favored was, wasn't good for Bud and the Vikings. But Right. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he, he's the epitome of what you think of. And he's still very, very much beloved in the state of Minnesota. Yeah, so I was looking up, you know, I didn't really, other than the fact that I associate him with the Purple People Leaders and all that, I I wanted to see, you know, I actually went online to see what he died of, and I think it was just natural causes. He was 95. He right. was at home. Um, but then I learned he was a Navy veteran. He was a three-sport star. At the University mm. of Minnesota, he, he lettered in basketball, baseball, and football. Nice. Actually, started his career playing basketball for the Minneapolis Lakers. Oh, I didn't. You see, you're going to be teaching me. Stuff I know. About I, I didn't know any. Don't, don't, I'm not me. trying to act like I knew all this. I, this no, was all I looked it up because I was interested. So he played in the in the AF. The what was it? The the, the ABA. The ABA. Is that what? I is? don't know if the Lakers started in the ABA or if they started in the the NBA, but yeah, that's where he started, and that would have been in the like the fifties. I don't recall Bud being tall though. It, well, and and uh, he was also drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles. So after he played two years for the Lakers, he decided to go football. Went and played for the Eagles for a few years. Then he went to the Canadian Football League and played for the Blue Bombers. And that's actually where he got his coaching start. How about that? After he was done playing, he joined their coaching staff. And then in 1967, which was a great year. <laughs> Showing his age. Uh-huh. That's when he joined the Minnesota Vikings as head coach. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, I was, I was, uh, I had no idea that uh, Bud was that accomplished of an, of an athlete. No, you know, I knew he was a great coach. He was, he always seemed like an old man by the time I, Started following right. the Vikings, so right. I never really knew his history. That's cool. Yeah, yeah so it was it was a uh, fun facts to find out about Mr. Grant. 
Yeah, that's good stuff, man. What else you got over there yeah, on the I'm, NFL? I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and uh, toast uh, the Carolina Panthers owner, Mr. David Tepper, and of course GM Scott Fitterer on uh, pulling off that trade for the number one overall pick. I was I was impressed. I'm I've been impressed by uh, Tepper's ability or willingness to open his wallet, mm-hmm. which is rather vast. And uh, I, I just. I saw the day they signed, they signed Andy Dalton. No, I didn't see that. Yeah, now, that's I, that's that really was, that news. was that was breaking news on the on the like five o'clock news. Oh my goodness, that's that. Well, you know they 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 lost Red Red signed with the Niners. Yeah, yeah. Darnold went out, yep, out to, and I'm glad. I was glad for Sammy D to go back out to his yeah, roots get back and, out there to the West Coast, and you know Trey Lance. You know, he's had some injury problems. Well, you so never know. You never if, know what might play no, out and, there. You know, Sam, Sam actually, you know, if given protection, most quarterbacks are good, but he certainly put up some good numbers with with protection. But so, yeah, they got rid of one redhead and brought in another one. Yeah, I didn't realize. I didn't so, know yeah, that they brought that'd in That'd be good. Andy good. Uh, be good. Some, somebody to hold the, the seat, you know, warm until till whatever rookie they decide to draft. Um, that is that is. So they made some really good moves. You know they. Picked up a safety out of Cincinnati, um, Von Bell. Yep. Picked up a, a DT, a nose guard out of New Orleans. I can't, signed a Bama boy. I can't remember his name. Yeah, I, I can't remember his name either, but they, they signed Bozeman, Bradley Bozeman. Brad, yeah, Bradley Bozeman. Uh, the, the DT was the one I could, can't remember his name. He's got a different, last, different yeah, name, yeah. Um, but, you know, they're switching up going to a 3-4. Uh, a and so they needed a big predominant nose guard. So they the, the only thing I didn't like about the trade is they traded their best wide receiver. So you got a rookie quarterback yeah. coming in, and he doesn't have that great wide receiver to to help him. That's true. That's true. And, and, and but, you know the pool the pool isn't the greatest this year, free agent wise for right. receivers. So there's definitely you know definitely some. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, there is some good speed out there. You know, Paris Campbell's available, and, you know, he's got ties to Frank, Coach Wright. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, he's a speed guy over the top. You know, Terrence Marshall's been getting better underneath. So, anyway, I'm, I'm pleased with, uh, you know, being, being in, our, in our backyard. I, right. You know, you can't help but be a Panthers fan. And so, so what, are you, what are you thinking? I've, the, the, I've heard a couple of different reports from the so-called experts, the insiders, one report I heard was that Reich loves Stroud, Tepper loves Bryce Young. <laughs> yeah, well, we've been listening to the same stuff. Then I saw another report that said they're they're happy with two quarterbacks. They're going to go with one of the two. But that report said the two were Anthony Richardson and C.J. Stroud. Yeah. So, you know, there's really no reason for – for smoke screens at this point, you're number one pick. You know you don't have to play any games. Well, they you know they could potentially be paying, playing the game to trade down to see if they maybe, might trade down to the Colts. Maybe number four wants to trade up, or even yeah. even the Texans at number two. So yeah, I mean there is some gamesmanship to sure. still be played, but I like the I like the the potential if if you're if you're not married to Bryce or Stroud. You know, I like the potential of trading back and getting some more draft cap. Yeah, oh yeah. In the second. Or, you know, you know, or you know, or late, get a wide receiver back. Yeah, get a wide out and maybe a second, you know, something like that. So anyway, but I, I'm really pleased with uh 
with Tepper's willingness to spend and Fitter's ability to put things together. Yeah. I think it's a – and I, I like Bryce Young to the Panthers, you know, as a not really being a homer, but Fitter and, you know, his being out in Seattle and with – what's his name? Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. You know, he, he's used to the smaller kid that can run. Well, but the, that's the argument on that side. And then the other one is Frank Reich's never worked with a smaller quarterback. Yeah, but Frank Reich has zero GM, yeah. zero GM duties. So this will be Scott Fitter's it, decision. But I, I, I know what you're going to say. Frank Reich's obviously going to have a oh, large yeah, some input, yeah, input in yeah. on that. So, yeah. but either way, either way, I mean, I, I like Stroud out the gate. To be honest with you, I think he's my, he's in the clubhouse as the first pick overall. That's that's what I'm picking. Is that's who, not who I want. Stroud. But, yeah, that's who I'm picking is. You know, their stats over the last two seasons combined are very comparable, almost identical. I think uh, I think Stroud had a few more yards, but Bryce had less interceptions or something. But they're real comparable to each other. But Bryce did not have any weapons this past season. Oh, yeah. Really, and, you and know. Stroud was loaded with weapons. Yes. And so he was throwing to a lot of open windows. And, and you know, the the knock on Bryce is his size and will he be able to be durable enough. But, you know, that's one thing about C.J. Stroud. He always appeared soft to me. He never would run the ball. I never saw him lower his shoulder, take a hit. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. If you're if you're trying to separate these two based on you think Stroud to be the more durable of the two, I'm gonna have to disagree with that. There's not much tape to prove that. To prove that he's durable. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. There's not much. There's tape. tape to there's prove tape. It. To he, sh- had, he didn't really run until the Georgia yeah, game. Yeah. There's tape to show that he runs away from contact. Yeah. And and then you got the Georgia tape, which shows that he moved out of the pocket. He threw very accurately on the run. Yeah. So there's tape for that as well. But I think. Overall, the, the the majority of the tape proves what you're saying, that there's really no argument there. And there's only about nine pounds difference between the two of them. Yeah, and, and six foot two, I mean, he's built slight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's built slight. They both have live arms. I think Stroud has maybe a touch more power, maybe. Right. But... I just I don't know Bryce's well, you know, intelligence to me. And then I heard the you know the one report where they were talking about Richardson. They're saying, well, you know, because he's built like Cam Newton and this and that. Well, you know what? Nobody from the Cam Newton era is even affiliated with the Panthers anymore. I mean, so yeah. why, why would why would that have any bearing on any decision no, they make? No, I don't think it does. Only just because it's something for the Carolina people to talk about yeah. because Cam Cam's one great season honestly I mean right. I mean he had more than one good season but one great season I mean I don't I don't think I would use Cam as the comparison as a quarterback I want to lock down as my future nah. um so anyway that's that's my toast Tepper Fitter and of course Bud Grant okay well mine's going to be a little bit boring cuz uh I'm toasting the same people I toasted last week. I'm toasting uh, Nate Oates and the Alabama basketball team. You know, they've we talked about it last week, how much hell they've, they've had to endure, how much uh, un, unwarranted, un, uh, 
baseless, unfactual criticism they received all season long, and they've had to grow together and have each other's back. Uh, I don't know if you saw the pregame where Antoine Petway, the assistant coach, kind of had them all huddled up and was giving them a pep talk. And uh, so he said, we've been through what we've been through as a family. That's okay because we're built different because of it. We're built different. It never got too heavy for nobody because we always had each other's back. Go out there and have fun today and go get go get what's yours. And then they ended it with, he said, we all we got. And then the team would say, we all we need. And they kept saying, we all we got, we all we need. So this team is really bonded. And we've talked about yeah. it oh, yeah. on, on some other podcasts. They even asked Coach Oates. They even alluded to that at the end of the game the end of the SEC championship, tournament championship, that mm-hmm. it looked like this team has a just a unique bond. They get along, and that's easily seen and easily – you can just see that just watching them play. It's so unselfish yeah. across the entire board of players. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I, I saw one comment. They were talking about how great Kobe Bryant was, but he would shoot the ball 50 times a game versus how great Brandon Miller is but he's a very unselfish and will do all aspects of, of the game. So, you know, uh, so they won the, the regular season and the tournament uh, for the SEC. They're the number one overall seed in, in the March Madness tournament, the big dance. Miller, uh, Quinn, Javon Quinterly, Charles Bediaco, all three of them made the all-tournament team. Bediaco, well, well deserved, well deserved. My hat's off. Charles Bediaco, you, your your efforts were not unnoticed. Yeah, no, that, he had these a, Bama fans. He didn't it, put up a lot of points, but you kind of did. Yeah, if it wasn't but, for if it wasn't for Miller, Bediaco would have been MVP of the tournament. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he made so many shots difficult, and yeah, he you're talking was, about unselfish, unselfish oh, yeah. players. Yeah, too. I mean, they don't run a single play. They don't call. They don't have a set play <laughs> for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, other than maybe the, well, a couple the alley-oops. Of yeah, but, uh, but, that's, but those are more instinctual than they are, you know, hey, run that play. I mean, that's not, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Nothing's uh, run through Betty. Right, right. Um, absolutely. And then, of course, uh, Brandon Miller was the MVP of the tournament. Uh, he also got named first-team All-American AP and Sporting News. And the Wooden Award list put him back on the right. list. You know, they, be. they realized – you know, nobody else. You know, this is an innocent young man who, regardless of of, of a tragic situation, it should because it, it's been proven that he did nothing illegal. Right, just wrong place at the wrong time, which which Nate Oates said and got yeah. crucified for. But bottom line is, it was the truth. That's exactly the truth. And I, I'll when we get into my scumbag, I'm gonna address that situation a little bit more. But right now I just want to focus on the positive. Alabama has this the best season. They set a record for most wins ever for their basketball program. It's been a great season. And, yeah, I'm going to toast them again, even though I toasted them next week. And if they win the tournament, I'm going to – or even if they make the Final sure. Four, I don't even care if they win it. I want to – I'd love right. for them to – We need the Final Four. We've get, never been get, there. Yeah, never been to the Final We've Four. We've been to the Elite Eight. Yeah, I would love for them to get to the Final Four, and then we'll be toasting again when that – yeah, if yeah. and when that happens. So, so anyway, Coach Oates, Coach Petway, all the players, great season. So proud of you guys. Tepper, 
Fitterer. Both Looks like man. you got things going in the right direction for the Panthers. Keep up the good work. And, of course, Bud Grant and his family. Tremendous uh, life that he had and uh, legacy. And yeah. He's going to be missed. He so. is going to be missed. Skull. Skull. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. You got you another healthy pour, I see. Yeah. I You know, I... I don't want to have to get up in the middle of the podcast, so I make sure I overpour well, rather, than, rather than sips. underpour. Well, usually, <laughs> I usually I don't finish it even right. even after we'd go and do our rate yeah, that shit. I think shit I segment. drink more than you during the show. <laughs> yeah, you got you got a nice. Uh, that's a nice. I'll tell you that dark. this is Michter's uh, the Michter's small batch, and it is. It's, I was noticing that it's very it's, uh, it's, it's very it's very uh, dark. Yeah, very dark amber, really amber. Yeah. We, we, we rated it a two when we did the show. We were a little bit disappointed in it. You know, sipping on it now, it's probably... Think, that's their entry level. Yeah, yeah. That's their yeah. entry level. But And I don't remember how long it's aged. What What is that one? Is that one four, four? years? Okay. Well, it's very nice color for four. It just didn't have a whole lot going on, really. Right, right. And uh, and that was coming off of the Sour Mash, too. which That we really loved. Which we really loved, the yeah. Sour Mash. Yeah. That was an excellent so, No, I mean, it's, it's not a bad one to have. It's just not... No, know. it certainly be a good old-fashioned. Mm -hmm. Good old-fashioned, a good... Uh, definitely a mixer. Falls yep. right into our mixer it definitely, rating. definitely does. How about you? I got the Blue Run. What we say this was... The Reflection. The reflection. The reflection 1. Yeah, this was a... This, this was a... To me, this was disappointing. We, yeah, we were disappointed because it was a hundred dollar bottle yeah. of bourbon, and we were really and even the people at the liquor store. We stopped. Remember, we stopped at uh, it, it was at, at um, in Savannah, wasn't it? No, nah, it wasn't. I don't think it was Savannah. I think it was uh, Tybee. I think it was when we were in Tybee. Oh, Remember, okay. we went across yeah, the street yeah. from the sports bar. Well, there was multiple liquor yeah. store stops, on but. That uh, trip. They were very high on it, and uh, they actually had it behind the counter, not even yeah, on the shelves. Yeah, I remember And that. you don't see it a lot. That's a pretty bottle. It's yeah. a pretty bottle, which will drag you in and make you want to purchase. I but honestly, for a... I, I want to say when we went to um, Bardstown last year, yeah, we that we, bar we went to, they were saying yeah, it was... Yeah, because I remember looking at that bottle, that bottle on, yeah. yeah, and it was way on the top shelf. And it was a forty dollar pour. Yeah, just for a pour. Yeah, exactly. No, it's it, to me it's overrated. Yeah, overrated. I agree. We rated it a three, but we almost dropped it down to a two because of the price. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, look at that. Yeah, that's not very dark. No, that's that's a little disturbing on on <laughs> color. I mean, that almost looks like you're drinking your scotch. That you or had. or you know what I thought it looked or like? Two that year. honey. Yeah, look like that honey from. Yeah. What was you, that? Did, you didn't pick up the wrong bottle over there, no, did you? No, did you pick I, up the beekeeper? No, no, I <laughs> stayed away from the beekeeper. I wanted to give the Blue Run another shot because I remember being disappointed in it. Yeah. Well, yeah. sweet. Let's let's roll right. on in. Yeah, let's, let's let's get some scumbags out of the way. I'll let you start again because right. I'm I'm probably gonna go on another another, another tangent. Another rant. Another, another rant. rant. All right. Well, I'm gonna kind of go on a rant. This is gonna be local. This is I'm. I'm really disappointed in Hubert Davis and the North Carolina Tar Heels um, for declining their NIT bid. You know, I, I personally, I think, I think a blue blood like UNC, they owe it to the basketball world to show up and represent. 
I get it that they were thinking they had roster issues, but for a blue blood like like UNC to have roster issues, I don't buy it. Um, I've heard counter arguments on each side. Well, but they he had a lot of freshmen, young players. That I mean, he was only playing six and seven deep. Yeah. So he had a lot of players that didn't even get right. to see the floor. Mm-mm. This would have been the perfect opportunity. Absolutely. To get them some good experience, some yep. tournament style experience. Yep. Some for com- next year, competition, some more practice time. I mean, he's in, already in lost two to the portal. New York, you know, getting into if they could get into New yeah. York, some some recruiting. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah he's lost two to the yeah, board. Yeah, I saw that. One, one young guy and one, one of one of his uh, grads. Yeah, one, one, and and what's his? I forget his name now, but I mean, he was probably their second best shooter coming back, mm-hmm. and they lost him in the portal. And I mean, it's his fault. He let Caleb Love shoot his team out the gym, and bless his heart, Caleb Love made a huge shot for UNC. I, I disagree with all the hate he's gotten from the fan base, but at the same time, he has had a very disappointing season. Though. Yeah, at the same you know, time. Coming off of last season, coming off of last season, I actually thought he should have turned pro after last season. But he didn't. He came back to improve his value, but I think he hurt his value. I think he hurt his value. I mean, hell, he's shooting less than 30%. Yeah. I mean, and he is not bashful. <laughs> he is not bashful. I get the I get the frustration from the fan base on him. But, yeah, Hubert, I'm disappointed in Hubert. He, he said he let his – his players make the decision, and I'm like, man, aren't you the head coach? Yeah, make the so, decision for your program. Yeah, sometimes for your fan base, you need to to make it for them. Uh, yeah, because like I said, and he could have had you know at a press conference said, yeah, we're very disappointed in the season we had this year, but we're going to take this opportunity to go play in the NIT and let some of the guys that put in, busted their ass every day in practice, Mm -hmm. but we weren't able to get them much game time. We're doing this for them. We're going to take them to New York. We're going to let them play and and really gain some valuable experience. You know, if you handle it the right way, rather than looking at it as, oh, this is a no-win situation. Either we win the tournament, and then it's going to be like, well, (coughs) you, you shouldn't have been in that tournament anyway. Or you, you, you have a bad showing, and then it's like, you know, what's wrong with North Carolina, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, I could see where they kind of felt handcuffed a little in, in a no-win situation. I mean, but you, but I agree with you. They should have. You're, you're a blue blood, man. It, it, don't I act think, like don't yeah. act like you're too good for it, exactly. which is what they Exactly. You earned the NIT. Go out there and, yep. and play in it, man. I, I agree. Take your team. Get more practice time with your team. I think it can only help. Um, Hell, it could help him. He obviously still needs to yeah. to you yeah. know, become a better coach. Yeah, I think I think he struggled managing his his team. I don't think he struggles with the clipboard and the and the X's and O's. But when you when you allow Caleb Love to just continue to play and shoot your team out of games, I mean you're lacking a little control of your right. roster. And you can't tell me UNC didn't have the talent on the nah. bench. I mean, they they are always up there, top ten recruiting, probably top five recruiting. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that this season to me for UNC came down to coaching. Yeah, yeah, and they were they were definitely overrated based off of the 
catching fire last year. Late last but season. still, I mean, it's UNC. It, yeah, it'd there's be too much talent akin there. to like Alabama just completely falling on their face after all of our years of recruiting and not even getting into a bowl yeah, game. Yeah, or, or we, we got to go to the uh, Liberty Bowl. Right. Or, you know, exactly. some sort of. The, the, the pool line, we, we, the we I don't even know what the, half these bowls are called anymore. It's comical like that. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the good old days of the Cotton Bowl, the Orange Bowl, the well, Peach know, Bowl. They're still around. Yeah, they still got to throw a sponsor on there to make their millions. Right. All right. Yeah, you, done, you, you done? Yeah, that's ranting enough. On the, ranting on them heels. Yeah, I mean, I still, I still love the heels, you know, local – local program but uh, I like Duke too you yeah. know so you're giving Duke fans a lot more ammunition by backing out of this right. thing well I mean of course Duke Duke they got hot at the end of the year oh yeah Duke is one of the hottest teams rolling into the tournament I'm glad they're they're not in the, the um, Alabama bracket I don't know though they're they're primed for a 12 versus a 12 seated upset they got Oral Roberts yeah might be a might be a pick right there. Anyway, yeah, it's, it's yeah, cool. UNC's my scumbag. Hubert Davis, disappointed. All right, my Next. my scumbag. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump back on my bandwagon from last week, and you know the the media, Charles Barkley, Greg Gumble, these news outlets, they just won't learn. They just Continue to put stuff out there that is inaccurate. Yeah. They still want to have their own narrative, and it's just getting ridiculous. <laughs> I'm going to share with you some of, the, some of the things. So, Charles Barkley, one of my favorite Auburn alumni. Him and Bo Jackson were two favorite Auburn alumni. Yeah, yeah. It's hard not but, to like Chuck. But Chuck... He comes out and he says, first he says, Alabama, they, there's no way they're going to do good in the postseason. They got, they, they, they can't get, you know, too much off the court right. uh, controversy. And, and can't focus. When they won't be able to focus. And they just, they're not going to be able to overcome it. So he's like, Alabama's not going to win the SEC. They're not going to win the NCAA. He picked them to lose in the first round of the SEC, did yeah, he? Yeah, I think so. I think so. And then and then then he says, Well, Brandon Miller is lucky that this happened in the state of Alabama because in forty nine other states he would have been charged. Right. Charged with what? Picking up his friend? Yeah. Is that illegal nowadays to go pick up your friend that you told three hours ago, I'll be back to get you in a little while? No, charged with delivering a firearm that killed somebody, which De is inaccurate. Deliver delivering a firearm that he didn't even know was in the car that exactly. was buried under a pile of clothes. Yeah, the initial report. And even if he knew it was there, and Darius Miles says, bring me my gun, he's gun. returning his personal property. It's his gun. He has no idea what's right. fixing the house. So, he, like you said earlier, wrong place, wrong time. Yes, Coach Oates got crucified. It came across insensitive, but it was factual. All he was doing was going to pick up his friend that he had dropped off earlier that night and said he was going to pick exactly. him up. Exactly. Coach Oates made the statement with way more information 
than any of these media outlets and news people and commentators have or ever will have. Greg Byrne, Nate Oates, they have way more pertinent, yeah. factual information on the story. And then uh, guess who Chuck picked to win the, the natty today? Picked to win the whole thing? Yeah. Alabama. Oh, did he? I was so, going to say not Auburn. No, so now he's now he's back oh. on Alabama's going to win the tournament. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> Chuck, do a little research before you give out inaccurate facts. I love you, Chuck, man. But man, but he obviously doesn't put any thought into anything he says because on one hand, we can't win a game in the SEC tournament. Right. And then we mop up the SEC. Yeah. And, yeah, and then all of a sudden he's back on that bad wagon. Okay, now, yeah, they're going to win the, the whole thing. All right, so that that was that was one incident. And then Greg Gumbel, during the uh, uh, selection show, and when it came out that Alabama was the number one overall seed, he made the comment, Alabama sidestepped a murder investigation. Mm. There again, this is... The city of Tuscaloosa. This did not happen on campus. Right. The shooter was not a student. Neither shooter. There was two shooters. Right. Neither of them were students. students. The victim was not a student. So how did Alabama sidestep? Now, the gun was owned by Darius Miles, and they instantly kicked him off the team and kicked him out of school. Right. So Alabama handled anything that was related to Alabama. Allegedly isn't really, didn't pull the trigger. No. It didn't communicate any threats. No. Now, it, it was the – he claims that he saw that the other guy had a gun first. So he wanted the gun in their possession for self-protection. Not to kill somebody. Right. But to protect themselves. So – and there was also witnesses that said that Darius Miles was trying to de-escalate the whole conflict between um, her name. boyfriend – whose name is Cedric Johnson and Mike Davis. Yeah. He was trying to he was trying squash to, the whole right. thing. Let's get out of here. That's why he kept he texted Brandon three times. When are you going to be here? You know, he he said come get us the first time. The second time was how much longer? Right. You know, he's ready to get up out of there. And then it was the third time when right before Brandon uh pulled into the behind the hounds tooth, that's right before that was when he texted about the bring my gun. Gotcha. That you know, Brandon didn't even have time to either read it or go get a gun or know where a gun was. So, so that that was you know another incident that that uh, that took place was you know Greg Gumble saying you know putting this on on Alabama. Just it seems like a petty cheap shot. You know, it seems like there's some some issues with some of these people. Obviously, Chuck has. You know, some Auburn. Yeah, yeah. He, hate, Auburn, he doesn't want to. Alabama hatred, right. you know. And Gumble probably has some underlying issues with Bama, you know, too, to take such a a, a cheap shot, you know, that's not even factual, not even correct. Right, right. It's frustrating it is, and that's why, as a and fan. That's, and that's why I like pointing all this stuff out. The, the networks, every single time Alabama plays a game, they have to run another story yeah. covering it, you know. It's time to let the let it play out in the courts. Let the legal system figure out what what this is all about and, and keep it separate. You know, the only reason they want to focus on it 
and make it a deal every time Alabama is playing is because who's the biggest name in the story? Brandon Miller. Right. So even though he has been proven to be completely innocent of everything, he never touched the gun. He never even got out of his car. He just pulled up to let them get in so that he could take them home. He never even got out of his car. Hmm. The victim and the black Jeep, that wasn't even at the scene when he pulled up. You know, the, the, the early narrative was that he blocked them in so they couldn't leave. Right. They weren't in. even there yet. Hmm. Brandon pulled up. And Brandon pulled up behind Jaden Bradley. Jaden Bradley was in the car in front of him. And Miles and Davis were in Bradley's car. Well, when Miller got there, they got out, and then they went to the back seat of Davis's car. Right. I mean, of uh, Brandon Miller's car. So he thinks they're just going to get in, and we're going to drive away. And then the Jeep pulls up The behind. Jeep pulls up with its headlights out. Right. Why are you pulling up in an alley with no headlights on if you don't have bad intentions? So... When they see the Jeep pull up, they go digging under the clothes for the, for uh, Darius's pistol. And as soon as shots are fired, uh, Bradley and Miller, they get out of there. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a whole lot of misrepresentation, misinformation. Uh, a picture was painted that mm-hmm. he delivered a gun because it was a request of his teammate to deliver, go get it. Right. And then he blocked that car in, which both of those are couldn't be any further than, from the truth. Hmm. You know, he did not pull up on an argument going on. Quit running this story every time Alabama plays. Well, it's, it's ratings. It's right. ratings. I got two more for you, and then I'll, then I'll get off this um, bandwagon. Just today, there was a, an article by Will Leach of the Intelligencer, which couldn't be a more inappropriate name. <laughs> He's, the headline was, The Brandon Miller Situation is Completely Grotesque. Hmm. He said, Alabama, it basically said Alabama's looking the other way because the team is so good. His exact words were, at the risk of sounding histrionic, it is downright ghastly the extent to which the University of Alabama has attempted to normalize what's happening here simply because the school's basketball team is so good. Hmm. So he's basically saying, you know, we're looking the other way. We don't care because right. we're, we're trying to win a championship. And they went on, you know, to say that basically Miles was a bench player, so he's expendable, but Miller is our best player. So, you know, we're just going to ignore it and pretend it didn't even happen, which is bullshit. Well, I mean, there's a huge difference between – what the uh, what the authorities think Miles' role in this whole thing was versus Brandon Miller. Exactly, and, and even Miles has been an indicted. Yeah, he on had. Yeah, they, they, they had the first hearing. He's been indi- indicted for his participation. Sure. And there's nothing on any of the remaining Alabama basketball players, or the team, or the university. Right. It's just utter disregard for facts and and. And the truth, and the and the whole legal system. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody always wants to paint the picture that Alabama is somehow behind the legal system. Uh, and, yeah, and that all you know, right? Because this is a star player for the exactly. University of Alabama, he can get away with murder. You know, the Daily Mail they were claiming that that you know there was a couple of 
people that identified themselves as Alabama fans, mm. which I would dispute if they were at, I think they were there the at the wearing game the wearing the shirts that said something about killing our way killing through our the way SEC through, yeah. or whatever. I think they were anti-Alabama people yeah. trying to shed more negativity on the wouldn't, university. Wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me. I don't know me. that for a fact. Either way, it's tasteless no, it, and, and it wouldn't classless. wouldn't surprise me. I mean, there's been plenty of social media posts that have come from non-Alabama, you know, fans, non-Alabama alums or et cetera that, you know, that wore stuff like that or said stuff like that, posted stuff like that just to – bring more you know, negativity, negativity right. towards the university. So the Daily Mail, they said, you know, these fan, this Alabama fans wearing these T-shirts was yet another flippant reaction to the shooting. Then they went on to say that Miller was frisked by a teammate in pregame intros as a reference to his reported link to the shooting. Wrong and wrong. Right. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to, Write something and post something without all the right facts. Alabama, Alabama insisted that those fans be removed and not be allowed back. This was this happened Saturday right. and not be allowed if they showed up Sunday to not be allowed back in. And the frisk was not in reference to the shooting because he's been doing it since the very first game of the season, and it wasn't a frisk; it's a pat down. Right. In reference to the TSA, and he's now cleared for takeoff. So, these people <laughs> that don't do any kind of research and they just want to jump on something they heard is so and it all it does is fire up the masses because ignorant people will read this and believe it. Sure, absolutely. And then absolutely. they're like, "No, oh, this, you know, Alabama, you know, they need to fire their coach. They need to." Cancel their basketball season. Nick Saban, where's he at? In yeah, all? You I, know, mean, I mean, they bring dragging Nick yeah, into this. I even heard death penalty to the program. I mean, it's ridiculous. So anyway, I think that's uh, all, all I had on my soapbox today. But it's just getting frustrating. Well, I mean, for I think all the, this, the theme of what you just said in in all of those thirty minutes of rants <laughs> is irresponsible media, irresponsible. Podcasts, irresponsible. There should be accountability. Just like there's accountability for these guys that were involved in this tragedy, there should be there should be accountability for anybody that reports or says anything that's not accurate. Yeah. Oh yeah. It would. It would be interesting. Of course, you know that might be a further discussion I, on violation of. Of your First Amendment, yeah. but you know, well, but I mean, still, there's, there's such a thing as defamation of character. Yeah, you know, I, there, I, I've seen one actual article, and it was actually done by a guy at ESPN, where he actually did do. He put in the time, contacted the police departments, the lawyers, hmm. you know, the the club owners. He talked to witness. I mean, he put in the time and he laid out the facts and the timeline. And that's the only article I've seen where somebody did that. Mm. Kudos to ESPN because they're usually the on the forefront yeah, of yeah, uh, yeah. They're, irresponsibility. They're usually, yeah, they're usually just trying to get those clickbaits. Yep. So, so yeah, I, 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 I don't remember the guy's name, but 
his article was well written. It was old school jur- journalism. It mm. was well written. It was investigated. He he put in the work. He did the research, and he presented facts. He didn't present any of his opinions. It was he laid it out as as the evidence and everything dictated. Let his readers come to their conclusions based on the facts that he exactly. laid out, versus trying to narrate a story to slant the, to, to slant the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yep. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get off of that and let's come in high come in and high. see what else we got to talk about. We talk a little. Well, while we're on college basketball, there was a few other things that happened this weekend. Uh, Jim Beheim retired. Yeah. Yeah. Great career with the Orange. Yeah, great career, but I think might have hung big, on, might have hung on a little too long. Not a big Bayheim fan. He always seems rather whiny to me, and mm. and you know I do agree with that. <laughs> and and kind of an asshole, honestly. I mean, I sort of aren't most of the coaches. <laughs> well, I mean, but he sort of treats the media around the program, the the students around the program, kind of. Kind of like a jackass. All the things I've read about him, you yeah. know, he was never very thrilled with uh, Greensboro for the ACC tournament, right. and I just thought it was kind of funny that he got his ass beat in Greensboro <laughs> on a last <laughs> <second> shot, <laughs> and he retires on in his press conference, and he didn't even really retire. You know, it was like. Are you really retired? I'm going to say, isn't this the second time? Didn't he already kind of retire once before? He ain't even on good terms with his own program, yeah. with his own university. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, you can't – you have to recognize I mean, him yeah, as a great coach yeah. for sure, but uh, he's kind of a jackass. Yeah. He, he won't be missed. <laughs> no, I almost flirted with him being my scumbag. <laughs> well, and uh, here's another one that has been our scumbag previously. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, Ole Miss stuck with their – Ole Miss and Auburn love those controversial hires, don't they? Yeah, and and this dude, man. But, yeah, Chris Beard. The this form, dude's dirty. The former Texas coach who was fired from the Texas job, he's going to be the next Ole Miss coach. Yeah, I just – I don't know. That's just way too soon for me. Yeah, it's that too was – Too soon. I mean, it's – yeah, same season. I mean, well, he's not going to coach him this year, but, yeah, just – Exactly. <laughs> Too soon, yeah. I don't know. I don't understand. It seemed like there's way better, way better, you know, up-and-comers yeah. out there for that. Yeah. I mean, well, I don't know why you want to bring that on your your program, you know, because you know there's going to be some protests and negativity. And like you said, there's other well-qualified candidates out there. Yeah. Why, why risk anything? And then the last thing uh, in coaching news in college basketball was Bill Self. Uh, And, uh, you know, we wish him well in his recovery. But he had a procedure on his heart, had a stent put in, had some blockage. So, and he's only 60. So, you know, hopefully. And he's, you know, he seems to be in decent health and shape. He's going to be on, he's going to be courtside, I I heard, for their. For the tournament. For the tournament, yeah, for first game. So. Okay. Well, so yeah, like I said, I, <coughs> we we wish him well and a speedy recovery. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't have. I I guess we should have thought about maybe making some, some picks, picks and predictions, but um, 
you know, I really don't, I really don't do that. Yeah, I, I think I we've talked about it before. Is I suck at the brackets, so <laughs> if I would have made predictions, they'd have been wrong anyway. Uh, but uh, no, I like I like Bama's chances. I think they've got a very favorable draw. You know, they get to play in Birmingham the first two games. Uh, they're going to play the winner of the. Yeah, we're we're actually Southeastern watching the Missouri play, the play-in game right now yeah. to see who Bama plays. Yeah, it's it's forty-five forty Texas midway A&M, through the second CC. half. So uh, looks like it's going to come down to yeah, this, to the wire. This, this none game. of those, none of those, uh, none those two teams. Obviously, they just don't. They don't. They don't look like they have the length. No, they they to handle. Yeah, Bama. they don't look like they have the size, and uh, and then Alabama would have to play the winner of. Uh, the West Virginia game, which would be a probably a, a pretty good matchup, but there again, it's in Birmingham. Yeah, I mean, I think we got home court, but you know, I mean, we talked about this. I, you know, if we run into a into a physical team that gets us in a little bit of foul trouble, you know, we could we could struggle for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I was going I was going to pull up the bracket and yeah, I started to print it off and. Um, you know, and we could talk about it, but uh, I mean, I I, then I got so fired up about all this negative <laughs> narrative that I I didn't even bother with it. I think, uh, you know, I was I was looking. You know, I know Duke Duke's been playing. Yeah, Duke's hot. I can see Duke doing well. Duke's really hot right now, and I, I don't know why I keep hitting the damn wrong button. Fly bracket. Yeah, Duke's Duke's hot right now. Um, they're playing good, but man, they're they're poised to get upset in round one. I mean, they, they're up against Oral Roberts. And one thing I don't understand is how are Alabama and Houston, both number one seeds, both playing in Birmingham? Oh, I how is that not a scheduling faux pas? And then if Auburn wins their game, they get to play Houston in Birmingham. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, to me, that – that should should not have happened. Yeah, no, that seems seems rather sketchy. Seems rather sketchy. I like uh, man. I, I Marquette's like, been hot. Yeah, I like Texas A and M's. I like Texas A and M's draw, man. I I think I think I would bet the house on A and M over Penn State in round one. I mean, I think they got a tough tough one if if texas survives for round two yeah i'd like to see texas versus texas a&m yeah i mean i, I that like, would be a good matchup I to think, see i think we'll see that one um who else was i thinking there was one of oh charleston san diego state that's going to be an interesting 12 versus five mm-hmm. i always try to I always try to stay away from 12 versus 5 because they just don't look right to me. But invariably, a 12 always upsets a 5. So I, I definitely think, to me, Oral Roberts upsetting Duke is the more likely 12. Because Oral Roberts, this they've been to the yeah, Sweet 16 yeah, they, a couple years ago, and right. they've got two players still on the roster. Yeah. Duke, so, Duke's hot, though, right Duke's now. Duke's hot, but, man, Duke's young. And Oral Roberts is older. I just like I like that twelve versus five. That whole East, though, I mean, it's it's loaded. You know, yeah, it is. Who else was I? There was there was another. 
There was another team that I think is kind of a sleeper based on everything I was reading, but I can't think of who it was now. Anyway, let's drive on. So, yeah, should be a should be a fun tournament, some good matchups, some good uh, storylines. So, uh, yeah, we – The next hot topic really is the NFL. Yeah, the NFL. There, I mean, that's – There's been a lot of quarterback movement. Uh Andy Dalton to the Panthers, huh? Yeah, I, I like that as a as a as a like I said, somebody to be temporary hold that position until the rookie's ready. Jimmy G to the Raiders, I I I don't see that as an upgrade over Derek Carr. No, I think the Raiders kind of seem like a a train wreck, man. Especially they're going you talking about they they might be dealing Darren Waller to the Giants. But supposedly that trade's already locked up for for a third round pick. And, uh, they just haven't announced it yet. Well, the the they can't. The official first day of the league doesn't start until tomorrow. Oh, okay. or maybe Thursday. So all the like all these free agent signings, none of this can become official. This is this is actually the the legal tampering period. Right. Right. And so until the league, the official first day. You know, there's rumor has it that the the Aaron Rodgers to the Jets trade is a done deal, hmm. and and the Jets have been signing Alan Lazard, supposed to sign Randall Cobb. So I mean, things are looking like Rodgers is going there, and he's bringing his buddies with him. I mean, the Jets already had a couple good receivers right? over but there. Apparently, Rodgers wanted uh, his uh, his uh, little pacifier and his blanket with him. <laughs> Man, that dude is something else. <laughs> you got Austin Eckler on the trade block. He he wasn't able to work out a new contract, so he requested a trade. King Henry supposedly on the trade block. Um, King Henry to San Diego. Eckler the, to the uh, Titans. The Eagles, they, they potentially could lose eight of their top nine defenders. Oh, wow. Yeah, either to free agency or or some of their players have been granted the uh, permission to seek a trade. Hmm. So the Eagles might, you know, have they might be tremendously different next year uh, from a defensive standpoint. And they're supposed to lose probably a couple of their offensive linemen too. So the Eagles might have might have been a one and done there. Wow. Yeah, it'd be interesting. D. Payne, D. Payne signed ninety million. Ninety million. Yeah, he. He uh, did well for himself. Yeah, second highest paid DT. Well, and and uh, you know, speaking of Alabama defensive tackle, da- Dalvin Thomason. I saw that signed for like fifty-seven. Yeah. over four years with uh, the Browns. Yeah, he left the Vikings. Man, I, I wasn't happy about it, but you know. Yeah, the 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 thing the I Vikings found... turned around and signed signed the dude out of New Orleans. New, yeah, yeah, I yeah. saw that. Uh, so the the Waller trade, I said it was for a third round pick. Well, it's the third round pick that they got from Kansas City for Kadarius Tony. So essentially, they traded Kadarius Tony for Darren Waller, nice. which nice. you know makes it makes it look like a, a good deal, you know, a good fair deal for for both sides. Yeah, I, I think they're both. I mean, Waller had a kind of a bad year. Yeah, Kadarius Tony's injury prone. Right, but ultra talented went on the field so that seems like a pretty pretty good trade yeah i mean really the i think the team that got screwed in this deal was the raiders only getting a, a third round pick back for a, yeah probably a you know 
probably the third best tight end when healthy. When healthy in the league. Sure. Yeah, the Raiders. The Raiders have not gotten better this offseason. Yeah, <laughs> and there again, Josh McDaniel, hell of an offensive coordinator, but he's a train wreck. Is it? Of course, Seems. if he's if he's behind any of these deals, he's a train wreck. Hopefully, he's not behind. Them. I mean, hopefully that the Mike Davis, the the owner, or Mark Davis, the oh, owner, and Devonta Adams is not happy. I bet. I bet not. He, you know, he just went came there. Over. He went there because of Derek Carr. Right. And now he, in my opinion, it's a downgrade from Derek Carr to Jimmy G. So, yeah. Easy downgrade. I mean, Jimmy G's, nah, anyway. I mean, when he's healthy, he's a winner. He might not put up the flashy stats, but he wins. But he, you know, like I said, when he's healthy. Yeah. Jalen Ramsey to the Dolphins. That was a the nice. Dolphins have been doing nice things. They extended, or not extended, but they exercised the fifth year option on Tua. Mm-hmm. So he he's guaranteed two more years with the Dolphins this coming season, and then his fifth season. They re-signed both the running backs today, Mostert and uh, Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson, That's yeah. his name. Um, traded for Jalen Ramsey. Been rumored to be. Uh, close to signing Poyer, the safety. If they get Poyer, they'll have Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey as the corners. Javon Holland yeah. and Poyer at the safeties. That's the best secondary in, in pro football. If that I mean, happens, I think, I, they're already probably the best secondary. And imagine if they're not getting up, giving up on Minka. Oh, I, mean, yeah. I don't. I don't remember what they got in for Minka. You know who the player, an offensive lineman, basically yeah, who I mean, is. Austin Jackson, I think is his name. Oh. He he has he's been a bust. Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard on each side of the field. That's pretty stout. Yep, that's pretty stout. I like that. Yeah, I tell you, the Dolphins, the Dolphins are, are and that that division. Well, you have you have if, to to keep up in that division. Yeah, I mean Buffalo's is going to be Buffalo. The Dolphins are going to be right there. You now, if if Aaron Rodgers does, if that trade does right. become an official, you got Aaron Rodgers. Hell, that sends New England to the bottom of that division. You would think, but that's Bill. But you still Bill New Belichick. England. Yeah, I mean, they got Belichick. Now they did lose their top wide receiver, who went to the Raiders, <laughs> Jacoby Myers. Yeah, but I mean, I I don't. I don't know if you can call anybody a top-wide receiver in New England. Nah, nah. They need to get on board and get them a top-wide receiver from Mac. Yeah. I think here's a funny story that I, th- I heard today that was kind of funny. I wrote it down. Um, you know, Jim Ursay fires Frank Wright mm-hmm. probably to try not to win any games because Frank Wright's wired differently. He just wants to win. He right. can care less about – the first pick overall. Right. So, Ursay, who's been a good owner. Yeah. Ursay's a good owner. He's had his own personal issues, but a good owner. So, he fires Frank Wright, brings in Saturday to to sort of maybe subtly and quietly tank. tank. <laughs> Doesn't tank enough. Saturday goes 2-0 and in his first games, and then they lose the first pick overall. And then you know, Reich signs with Carolina, and then he winds and then up, he winds up with trading the first pick. in the first pick for the quarterback. Isn't that that's funny? That's some funny shit. That is. That's some funny shit. You know, Frank, Frank. Frank's driving right through Indianapolis right now, flicking him off. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny story. That is funny. 
that's all I got, man. It's, yeah, yeah, no, I'm good. Like I said, I I knew I was going to rant on the media again, and uh, it seemed like it was calming down a little bit, and it seemed like, you know, you don't hear it. It's not a topic on Colin Cow Heard and Skip Bayless every day. I think they're realizing, you know, it, it – they jumped the gun. Yeah, Everyone jumped everybody the gun. jumped the gun. Let's 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 back off now. But then you still, like I said, every every game the network is, you know, telling the story as if everybody hadn't already heard the story, and they're telling it incorrectly. Um, yeah, Brandon Miller delivered the gun that killed. So, yeah, hopefully I I can get off that soapbox and not have to rant about it anymore. But well, you know, that's just one of them things that rubs me the wrong way. And that's what our podcast is about is what do you want to talk about this week? Well, right. I'm still still fired up about that and want well, to get shit and, off my chest. And we're still pretty much Bama. Oh, absolutely. You know, but we stay, yeah, but we're we stay fair. objective. We're yeah, fair. We try I mean, to stay objective for the most part. We are. We, we, we said, you know, yeah. Don't put yourself in that situation, blah, right. blah, blah. Nobody's happy that, that he was willing to to go and get involved, and we're definitely not happy that Darius Miles was implicated in all this as a former Bama basketball player. That, Yeah, I'm still hoping that, that uh, you know, because <laughs> they, they don't even know who fired the first shot. Right, right. Because there's they're still debate whether, whether uh, Cedric Johnson – fired at Davis first or if Davis fired towards the Jeep first. And that's that's what this whole case is going to boil down to. Was Davis acting in self-defense or was he the instigator? So that that's the bottom line, and that's that's what the focus of the case should be on. So anyway, let's uh, – Let's go out to our field reporter <laughs> on the legal side, Colby. <laughs> so – you know, we've been doing the the Paragon, the Southern Star Paragon series from mm. the Southern Distilling Company. We, we've got the last one tonight to do, so we'll we'll go over there. It's it's well, the last one on the weeded side. We we, well we stayed Paragon. away from. Yeah. Oh, Par- you're yeah, right, Par- Paragon. You said it. I'll um, shut up. <laughs> I'll drink. Drink, drink. So let's uh, speaking of drink, let's go over to the bar. Let's taste that, and then let's rate, rate that, that shit. shit. We'll see you at the bar. Cheers. Cheers.